guys, welcome to the Fit Town Show. This is Coach Andrew with Coach Danielle. And today we're gonna to be talking about is a vegan diet the gold standard of diets? And so we have clients that we have we talk to from time to time that will say that they're gonna go vegetarian or vegan. And I think one of the cool things about a vegetarian or vegan diet is people get into it with really good intentions, more so than a lot of other diets where people may just want to do it for the surface level, aesthetic level weight loss, there's usually a deeper intention behind it. So that part's really cool, but I think me and Danielle both, we have a little apprehension when we hear someone wants to do a vegetarian or vegan diet because they may not know all the information that they probably should know before they go into it. And they kind of put this diet on a pedestal a little bit as like the healthiest diet out there and we don't necessarily think that that's the case. Yeah, so I think you made a really good point. You know, if you're somebody who's considering the vegan diet or you hear that and you're like, oh man, I wish I could do that. Why do you wish you could do that? Is that because you think that it's bad to harm animals? Is that because you just have heard that it's cool and that's like the extreme way you've seen a Netflix documentary where there's like a vegan athlete who is you know elite at his sport is that why you want to do it or what is your reason behind that you you have to have a a higher level of reason of why you want to do a vegan diet and and have those right intentions behind it if that's what you want to do if you want to do a vegan diet because you want to eat more fruits and veggies there's a lot of ways to do that without having to eliminate a huge food group that has a lot of benefits to it in order to do that there are other ways so um, you know, religious things, maybe that is a reason where you can't really skip around it, but um, there's a lot of ways just to have a more holistic diet without um, going the vegan route. Yeah, I think it's, it's almost put on a pedestal to a degree that even people who don't want to or don't, don't think it's possible for them to go vegan or vegetarian still put it on a pedestal, still say, oh, that would be so great to be able to do that, but I just never could because of my lifestyle. And so they're still kind of putting that as this like holy grail of diets when um, that may not be the case for people. And, and so we, we start off by thinking, okay, well, what are the two big reasons that someone typically wants to go vegan or vegetarian? You know, the first is usually for some kind of weight loss or health benefit. And, but as we explained earlier, it's oftentimes more than just a surface level weight loss or else they probably try some other diet. Usually there is this idea of I want to be like holistically healthy. I want to do right by my body. And, and usually it's tied to a friend that's vegan or vegetarian, a documentary that I saw and they're like, man, if I could just do that, I would feel amazing. I would feel incredible energy. I'd feel great in my workouts. And I want to try to push myself to do that because I think there is that prize at the end of the road of, feeling better than I ever have before. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's the most challenging one out there and people are like, oh, I like a challenge, you know? <laughs> right, too. So yeah, there, there's probably some allure to how restrictive it is compared to the day-to-day -day of how most people live that you, you say, oh, well, shoot, if I could do that, then yeah, I might be able to experience something that other people are not experiencing day-to-day. -day. Right. The second big reason is people want to do right by the environment and animals. They don't want to be responsible for the killing of animals. And so that is another big motivation that people get into it. And so you'll often hear people that, that actually um, 
will downplay the health reasons almost, or they'll say, hey, I know it's not potentially the healthiest for me. They'll even say like they see some of the downsides, but they'll say for ethical reasons or mm -hmm. for environmental reasons, this is how I'm choosing to eat. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we can kind of dig into that a little bit deeper, but, you know, there's a lot of other environmental impact that you're creating by avoiding those things and maybe living a more vegan lifestyle as well. So pros and cons to both, but, um, you know, researching yourself. Is yeah. Let's, let's, let's start with that. So, um, I think one people, one thing people don't realize, cause we're so far, we're so far removed from how our food is created. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, some of us might grow some herbs or we might have fruit trees in our yard, but for the most part, we might hunt and fish a little bit, right? Um, but for the most part, we're very removed from our foods. And so we think of things in a very, like almost overly simplistic view on food of like, okay, if I'm eating meat, I'm responsible for killing an animal. And if I'm eating non-meat stuff, then I'm not responsible and I'm doing right by the environment. But what we have to kind of step, take a step back and, and look at is go, well, how is, how are plants and animals and all these things grown? And typically it's grown in an ecosystem of some sort, right? So the reason why all these life forms are thriving is because they all rely on each other. And so, you know, the, the animals need the plants and the plants need the animals to, to fertilize them and grow. And so when you have either end of the spectrum, either extreme, whether it be factory farming where you have, you know, cows that are just crammed into a building or chickens that are crammed into a building, or you have the opposite, which is, hey, we have this beautiful forest and land that we're going to clear out all the insects, all the bugs, all the bees, mm -hmm. and we're going to plant acres and acres of corn or wheat or soy. Both of those things are detrimental and where the the most sustainable environmental friendly version of that typically looks like all of those things thriving on the same land. And um, there's actually a really good example. Um, there's a farm called Polyface Farms. There's a guy by the name of Joel Salatin. He's been in some of these, there's a few documentaries that are more like uh, omnivore centric or paleo centric documentaries. And he's been featured in some of them. And he's really, uh, you know, brought some information, uh, just like brought some eyeballs onto this idea of like a really well-run ecosystem as opposed to just serving, you know, just having cows, just having chickens, or just having, um, you know, one of these monocrops on there. And so it's really interesting to see when you, when you, you do think about it, it makes sense. It's like, yes, it needs to be an ecosystem. We can't just have one or the other. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we're thinking about the vegan diet, we're thinking only about one side, you know, the animal side of things. But when you're talking about taking out all this natural land and forest and, and habitats and shade for the earth, like not only are we taking away all of that that we need, you know, for our animals and insects and bugs and, you know, we need it for the water cycle, the carbon cycle. You're affecting global warming in a negative way when we're clearing out all those farms to make room for more plants. So making sure that you're looking into both sides if that is a reason why you'd be considering going vegan. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, this could be more of an extreme, um, just kind of anecdote, but I've heard like, okay, when you clear, when they clear acres of lands, it kills like hundreds or thousands of life forms. When you really look at like the insects and the bugs that are killed, like on the small scale. Whereas if you eat like 
one cow, one cow could feed multiple families for like a year. Mm -hmm. Whereas the land required to clear this amount for a monocrop, a single crop could be doing in terms of just life numbers. Right. And you, you know, then we talk about size, it's different, but like it, it could be one versus hundreds or thousands. And so I don't want to get caught up too much in the numbers themselves, but just, I think that example can start to shine a light on, okay, maybe there is more to this than just like, okay, I eat meat, I kill an animal, I don't eat meat, I don't kill an animal. Yeah, absolutely. It's not as black and white. Yeah. Now, have you ever done any uh, vegetarian or vegan yourself? I have not. No. no. I'm a meat lover and meat eater <laughs> through and through. So I had an experience where um, I did a, I've done a couple Tony Robbins events, but one of them, he has like a pretty much a whole day um, related to like health and wellness and specifically around, you know, food and supplements and exercise and how to kind of treat your body. And so for, for a while, I think for several decades, uh, Tony Robbins was vegan. And so he had put that diet on the pedestal. And then over time he had switched to, um, eating more fish. And so he, he kind of more of like a pescatarian diet started to have a lot of tuna, a lot of salmon, and then he started to have mercury issues from eating too much tuna and salmon. And so over time he started to, I believe currently he's incorporating more like grass fed meats mm -hmm. and things like that. So he has started to work back, um, the meats and he's still very plant based. Um, but he's, he's now promoting more, but during the time that, that he was promoting this vegan diet, he was not doing that. And so I did like probably, it was at least 10 days, probably closer to 14 days where I didn't eat any meat. And I mean, I felt really good doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I did feel really good doing it. It was very, very difficult. Yeah. It was extremely difficult. And so that part of it made it hard. And actually I went from, I went from vegan to like more of a paleo diet. Paleo felt extremely easy after doing that, even though for most people, something like a paleo diet feels extremely restrictive. It felt like so easy because I had just come off of this diet that was like, in my opinion, 10 times more restrictive just because of how much I enjoy eggs and meat personally. Yeah, and I think it'd be hard to enjoy your everyday life if that's what you're trying to sustain um, you know, on a regular basis, going out with your friends and stuff gets a lot harder. Yeah. Um, so something also to take into consideration that maybe it's not the most sustainable way for you to eat. And, you know, like all these different diets, you can look up any diet in the world and it's essentially going to have a lot of fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of the thing that they all have, the common denominator. So, you know, maybe having that diet, but then going with a more paleo route is a way better goal than going strictly vegan or vegetarian. Yeah, and, and I think it's cool to compare the two. And and so there, being in both of those circles, kind of like the online circles and seeing the debates that happen, it's like, and now there is like carnivore as a diet is mm -hmm. a thing, but yeah. like the paleo people are like, we eat more fruits and vegetables than most vegans do, mm -hmm. right? They They, that was their argument is like, we're still filling our plates with a ton of vegetables, a ton of fruits, and then we have, you know, a little bit of meat or a, a solid portion of meat, but we're not like overly consuming meat. And so what I saw personally is that as someone who ate somewhat close to paleo, 
I was eating a lot more fruits and vegetables than people who I saw were vegan and vegetarian. I think that's probably the, the biggest lesson in all this for me is like, whether you choose to be vegan or vegetarian or you don't relate to any diet is how can you still still be almost plant-based in the sense that you yeah. you make that your priority in most of the meals that you eat. Going back to that more holistic approach and you know, we talked about this a little bit, like a lot of people now, there's a lot of vegan substitutes of like this fake meat, <laughs> tofurkey, and all these different, um, you know, replacements to make you feel like you're eating whatever meat product you want, but you're not actually eating it. And those ingredient lists are a mile long full of a bunch of stuff. Mm. So, you know, with that paleo route, you're not getting all that junk. You're sticking with your your plain meats and veggies and, and mm -hmm. carbs and, and better options. So, you know, if that's your reason for thinking that a vegan diet is the best way, it's the most holistic, you might rethink that. Yeah, we were looking up uh, just like impossible meats and beyond meat. And then Danielle found tofurkey and she, she really wanted to say it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there's this vegan meat that advertises that it bleeds like real meat. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't... Yeah, that, that part always didn't really like rub me the, the right way. It's just like, okay, if we're, if we're doing it because we, there's some sort of environmental or animal, like, you know, saving nature to this, like, why would you want it to be a direct replica of that? Yeah, it's just a very interesting thing. So I feel like you know, maybe you start off vegan with good intentions, but then you're like, oh, look at this tofurkey I can have. Look at all this egg, you know, fake eggs and all this kind of stuff that you could be eating. But, you know, they might not have the same vitamins and minerals that you could be getting from eating real eggs and real meats and, and things. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things. And I, I mean, I don't know how much in depth you've gone into this, Danielle. I haven't personally gone too much in depth with it um but i know like b vitamins is one of the tougher ones to get um if you're just doing plant-based all the time yeah. getting the like wide range of amino acids that you would need to kind of to to thrive and feel really good those are the two big ones to jump out yeah anytime are, somebody sorry to interrupt anytime somebody asks me about doing a vegan diet or if i would if i would recommend it i always say no because if you start a diet knowing that you're going to have to supplement specifically with B vitamin with B vitamins. I don't like, that's not the holistic diet that we need. Our bodies weren't made if, to eat a vegan diet. If we have to supplement in order to, to function properly and, and to, you know, have optimal levels of those vitamins. I don't think that makes the human body right for the vegan diet. Um, so if you're starting a diet and you know that you're going to have to supplement with things right off the bat, I just, that doesn't sit right. Yeah, yeah, the other um, reinforcement I've seen is kind of how our digestive systems are built. And if we compare ourselves to animals that are pure carnivores or animals that are pure omnivores, we definitely look like a blended version of that versus one or the other. And so that's kind of like further proof that, no, we are meant to have both of these things. And, and finding that balance for each person is I think where some of this nuance really lands but but most people are going to feel really good with the balance of both yeah and we've kind of preached you know the importance of protein not only for somebody who works out but just for the human body in general and it's really really hard to do that to hit you know protein goals or an adequate amount of protein if you're eating the vegan diet without adding in a bunch of that junk that's just pumped mm -hmm. full to you know 
with all those ingredients to reach a protein level. Um, and that's what they're trying to do is supplement that because the vegan diet, you know, typically falls pretty short when it comes to, to protein. And, and we've talked about it a million times, so why we need protein and how important it is for us. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the kind of like the treats. And this is, this is true of any diet. Every diet has its treats. And I think whenever we're looking at something as like, well, what can we get away with? What are the acceptable foods? We've already kind of gone down the wrong path because I think, I think both of us would agree that like, it's not really what you do in the, the 5% of your diet that matters, the 10% of your diet. It's really, what does that other 90 to 95% looks like? And so when we start looking at foods, it's like, oh, well, this is acceptable because it's vegan or this is healthier because it doesn't have meat in it. What, what I've seen is that that part of your diet that maybe should consist of five, 10 or 15% of your diet starts to grow mm -hmm. to 30, 35, 50% of your diet because you, you're now kind of giving it the seal of approval because it's got the label and that label could be vegan. It could be gluten free. It could be non GMO. It could be organic. It could be anything, but, but it's a, it's a processed food that has this this label that you're putting a value on and then therefore that that kind of finds its way to creeping more into your diet probably yeah. than it should. Yeah, I think anytime I see a gluten-free product, no matter what it is, I'm sending it to my gluten-free friends and it's the same thing for vegan, you know? They're pumping out all these new products constantly and you're, you're in that vegan club, you've gotta try it. So it definitely allows yourself to introduce more things that you probably wouldn't if you were just, you know, eating healthy. You don't see anything. Well, I mean, I guess you might see something that says paleo on it or whatever, but um, just because you're in the club doesn't mean that you have to be eating those things. Yeah. Oreos being a big one, like Oreos are vegan and it's like, okay, you know, we all know that that's not something we want to be making the majority of our diet. And so, and, and then why, what I would say is, is an Oreo better than an egg yeah you know is an oreo healthier than an egg and and by having this thing are we doing better than by not having you know a, yeah. a really good egg and so you know that's that's where i think we we want to understand that for sure the avoidance of meat is not where the health benefits come in but the prioritization of fruits and vegetables and the other things that a vegan diet does have great things to offer yeah absolutely um, I wanted to go through some of these like ingredients lists. So we have the Beyond Meat, the Impossible Foods. I pulled up their ingredients just to kind of figure out what is actually in them. And so um, all three of these brands, the Tofurky one as well, the first ingredient is water. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of them have some kind of like protein type source. So Beyond Meat's a pea protein isolate. Impossible Foods is a soy protein concentrate. These are the first ingredients. And then Tofurky is a wheat gluten. And then the third ingredient on all of them is all is all a type of oil. So you have canola oil being the top top one in Beyond Meat and Tofurky, and then sunflower oil being the next one. And so the next few ingredients are are all sort of versions of a kind of a more obscure protein like rice or mung bean or or a oil of some sort, coconut oil, sunflower oil, canola oil. And so the majority of what you're eating really is still like either a processed protein or an oil of some sort. And, you know, and then there's a lot of like little weird ingredients that most people wouldn't recognize to kind of make up that flavor. And so, you know, 
those things, if you're, again, if you're trying to uh, just avoid meat for the sake of avoiding meat, I don't really see the benefit of going right. that route. It's when, made up of supplements, essentially. Yeah. And, and so if that could be done with a really good grass-fed burger, mm -hmm. uh, to me, I think I'll take that any day. There's nothing better yeah. than a burger. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's where... When, and, and there's so many of these Netflix documentaries out there. There's so many of them. I can't even think of any of the names, but there's a ton of them out mm -hmm. there that are very vegan or vegetarian centric. And they do such a great job of making you not want to eat meat with some of the, the visuals of factory farming of just how bad the conditions are for cows and chickens and, and different things. And I think just understanding that that's not how it is everywhere and that you can actually support farms that look closer to this polyface farms I was talking about where they do let the animals actually roam out there. They do feed them what they're supposed to be eating, which is grass mm -hmm. and, and, you know, little things like seeds and stuff like that. Um, and so understanding that it's not black and white and just because you're eating meat doesn't mean that you're having that you're supporting this really bad infrastructure, which is, you know, yeah. bad for the animals is yeah. important. So looking at your meats, looking for like wild caught fish mm -hmm. and, um, you know, pasture raised, cage free, stuff like that. Those are going to be like the things that you're looking for when you're selecting your meats to make sure that you are getting a higher quality meat. And those have more vitamins and minerals than you would see if you were having farm raised, Yeah. whatever. Cool. Is there anything else you want to add? No, that's good. Okay, cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, if you guys have any questions about diets, you know who to talk to. Danielle at fittown.com. And if you have questions about other stuff, you guys can reach out to me. Andrew at fittown.com. Um, but we'll see you in the next one.